But it's especially good to be back with my church family. Um, we've missed y'all, and uh, really glad to be back with you. It just dawned on me this morning that the message I have today is a Father's Day message. In uh, Bible study, when we were talking about the walk of faith, and Bruce was teaching on uh, walking with the Lord, it reminded me of the scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, where it talks about John is written to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. And so that's what I pray that we will learn of together today is the one who is from the beginning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for your revelation of yourself. For without your revelation, we would not know you. We could never know you in our own efforts, our own strength. We are but creatures and you are the creator. But Lord, we praise your name because you have revealed yourself to us. You have shared with us your glory, the nature that you have, that divine nature that we can never understand, but we can behold and we can believe in, and it will transform us. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to gather together together today as your people. I pray you will be with all your people all over the globe. I pray especially, Lord, that you would be with the church in Hong Kong and with Carlton and Amy, and even as they're traveling, headed back this way, that you would bless them with safety, your will, discernment for them, for the people in Hong Kong, and for uh, us here too, Lord, that you would bless us. And Lord, I pray for the Redeemer Church, uh, for our brothers and sisters there, uh, especially for the Flemings and the Atchisons, the Cobbs and the Joplins. Thank you, Lord, for them and for what you're doing through them. And I just pray, God, you would bless their efforts. Multiply um, their efforts for you, to your glory and the building up of your kingdom. And, Lord, I do pray that you would speak through me. Remove me. And let your word speak. We come not to hear me, but to hear what you would say. And so I pray that the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Speaking of fathers, how often do you ever think about what does a name mean? Like, what is in a name? Um, what does a name signify? And you'll see in the bulletin, the title of my message is, What is God's Name? So to begin with, just think about, what does a name mean? You know, probably only when we name our children do we really seriously focus on what names mean and how important that is. Uh, probably no other time. Is it that important to us? We want our children to have a good name. We want it to be good, not just that it would fit the popular culture or uh, go, go well with their last name or anything like that, but we want it to be godly. 
want it to be good and godly in that and somehow it reflects something of his divine nature or what we learn that are virtues to him out of his word and um, we might even name them I know some people name children based on the circumstances around their birth or uh, something happening in the world at the time but I think more importantly we often name them based on what we want them to become what their future should be or what we hope their future will be for example and I'm sure my children will celebrate me all the more as a father after I embarrass them significantly right now for example Andrew Andrew is a Greek root that means strong warrior or manly and of course he was the first disciple of Christ the brother of Simon Peter and he was always found in the scriptures bringing others to Christ and uh, he later, be later became the patron saint, of, patron saint of Scotland so when we named Andrew I confess we were wanting him to be like the original Andrew a disciple of Christ bringing others to Jesus strong and manly Anna is a uh, Latin transli transliteration of the Greek form of the Hebrew word Hannah, which means favor or grace, her gracious one. Lee is from her grandmother and, of course, the commander of the South. <laughs> and then Abigail, Abigail comes from 1 Samuel 25. And Abigail is a Hebrew name that means father's joy or father's rejoicing. And her middle name is Grace also. So you see it's kind of a recurring theme with us about grace. We're overwhelmed with grace. So that's the story for us. But think about how important names are in the Old Testament. How important names are to the people of God. And how important names are to God. Because didn't God often name people? Didn't God often rename people? Jesus, for example, renamed Simon, what? Peter. Jesus, on the road, when he blinded him, renamed Saul, Paul. So names, and I won't get into the meaning of those, but names are very important. Often people were reflected by what their names meant in the scriptures very much so like Jacob the deceiver but often their names were not just around their birth but what they were to become their names became their destiny so what about God what's God's name don't we all have uh, we probably have some wonderful things that decorate our home maybe Anne made some of them for you that they describe the names of God in calligraphy or in painting or embroidery. But aren't some of those more like titles or descriptors of who God is? Not really his name. Like, you know, we could say Andrew the Manly. Or we could say the Manly, the warrior. But his name is Andrew. What's his personal name? And so that's what I'm asking you today. What is God's personal name? name like if a Muslim if a Muslim ask you 
what's the name of your God? Because their God has a name, Allah. What would you say? If someone asked you, what is the name of your God? What would you say? So, does God ever name himself? The next screen shows the three primary Hebrew names for God in the Old Testament. And the one that I want to talk about today is Yahweh or Jehovah. But the three primary names in the Old Testament, as you can see, are Elohim, which is the general name from God that means God the Creator, Adonai, God the Master or Lord, and then the more personal name we study today, which is Jehovah or Yahweh. So the question is, where did this come from? Where did this name, this proper name of God, come from in the Old Testament? What does it mean? What does it reveal about God? First, remember, it's a fundamental truth I alluded to in my prayer, that God has revealed himself. If he hadn't, what would we know about God? Nothing. The created could never discover the creator. The finite could never understand the infinite. Except God revealed himself to us, we'd know nothing about him. So, clearly, if God doesn't reveal his, his name, his divine nature to us, then we would be forever ignorant to know him, deaf to hear him, and blind to see him. And next, I want to move through what I think are revelations about God specific to these names. I think, specifically, God has revealed himself in three general areas of his types of revelation that each relate to these three main names for him in the Old Testament. First, the next screen That's me. Oh, should be Elohim, creator God. All right, this name is revealed in creation. And so it's general revelation that's available to all people. It's external and available to all. It's sufficient for condemnation. And so it reveals God's greatness. As Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so they, mankind, are without excuse. Second name, second screen, Adonai, Lord God. This name is revealed in our conscience. And so again, it's a type of general revelation that's available to all people. It's internal to us, though, instead of external, sufficient for accountability, and it reveals God's goodness or virtue. Again, Romans 1, verse 19 says, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. So again, man is without excuse in general revelation. But then third, next screen, Yahweh, the God who is. This name is revealed both external and internal because it's revealed in his word, Christ. So it's special revelation, not general revelation, and it reveals God's grace. This alone is sufficient for salvation. All men are justifiably condemned. All men are justifiably accountable. 
But only those to whom God calls, those to whom God reveals his special revelation, only they can receive salvation. And of course, we have to believe. We have to receive it. As John 1.18 says, of this word who was God and became flesh, no one has seen God, but he, Christ, has explained or literally exegeted him. Christ is the ultimate exegesis or explanation or demonstration of who God is. 